This episode is sponsored by Circle K. Get the most savings on every gallon when you fuel with the Circle K Fleet Card. Learn more at CircleKFleetCards.com. Hello and welcome to the State of the Fleet Industry, a weekly video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine, which is sponsored by Circle K. I'm Mike Antich, editor of Automotive Fleet. And today, my special guest is Mike Bush, business development manager for Primrose Alloys. And we're going to be discussing the impact of current geopolitical events on the price of commodities and ultimately its impact on fleet. So welcome, Mike. I appreciate you joining us. Hey, Mike. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me again. Well, we got a lot of things to cover here. So let me jump right into the very first question. And I think it's a question on the minds of a lot of people. It's how is this, how is today's geopolitical turmoil in particular, you know, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, how is that going to be impacting avail- the availability of commodities, especially metals? Well, again, as we kind of previously covered, any disruption within the regions that typically produce metal. And Russia, for example, is the fourth largest producer of aluminum, and I believe they're in the top 10 for steel as well. And then Ukraine is also a source for metal. This is going to have a a significant impact as we saw the impact on the stock market today as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize uh, how large a source both Russia and Ukraine are for, you know, finished uh, materials or finished metals such as aluminum. So, um, so what, what do you see as the top drivers that are going to be impacting price availability and lead times for these commodities uh, that are used in the fleet industry? Well, again, some of the challenges that not only the product itself, the log, which is the first stage of aluminum and some of the billet material of the steel along with even the the actual mined uh, material that makes up steel and aluminum come out of Russia and also out of China, uh, which I think that anytime you have a political event or especially a war launched in such a manner, um, it just throws chaos through the market and it paralyzes a lot of sources for those components, aluminum and steel and the various other things that make up an automobile. Yeah. And, and you know, we're already in a supply demand imbalance. And, and you can imagine if there's a tit for tat escalation on these sanctions, you know, this could be further aggravated by, you know, having um, constraints in terms of key commodities such as aluminum you know, that's used widely in, in automobile manufacture, upfitting and so on. Um, so now that we're talking about the auto industry, you tell us, uh, tell me about the impact um, that this might have uh, on automotive manufacturing and, and uh, ultimate end users of automotive products. Mm-hmm. Well, again, one of the things is over the past 40 years, most of us have seen globalization right down to mining levels where everything sort of starts. There's an old saying in the mining industry that if it is not grown, such as in agriculture, it's mined. So you've got Russia and China who are major players that actually drive a lot of those mining activities that support steel and aluminum production. But in addition to that, there's the energy issue 
uh, around Europe in particular. They moved a long time ago to natural gas. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and Russia is one of the largest producers in that. Correct. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, who, who knows what um, the Russian government might choose to do in regards to uh, the natural gas supply. Uh, making metal is hugely energy dependent and the cost of that energy, particularly uh, the natural gas, really drives the availability of the metal. I know that within the past two months, uh, Europe, uh, along with some parts of Eastern Europe, have implemented some curtailing of uh, making of metal, and China in particular did so just prior to the Winter Olympics as well, mm. to direct natural gas to more home use, less national natural gas, less metal availability. Right. And and also it's going to increase costs. You know, the higher the Correct. cost for natural gas, that's going to be passed on to end users. So, but, you know, we've been having a pre-existing constraints prior to all of this with, with aluminum. We've had a yeah. substantial price increases in, in regards to aluminum, especially these first two months of 2022. And what a lot of people might not realize is that if you were to buy aluminum in bulk today, it's going to take you nine to 12 months before you actually take delivery of that aluminum. Yeah, one of the things that we saw just this week, as a matter of fact, in the U.S., uh, there was a 21 per, or excuse me, a 21 cent price hike. That's the second one in about six weeks. Mm -hmm. Again, the price has more than doubled in the past year. Um, again, part of it is supply and demand. And again, as we move in the fleet industry and in just the general use vehicles to electrification. Those vehicles need to be lighter in order to manage the battery constraints uh, to get farther. It's going to just move in that direction as well. So let's let's talk about mill capacity here in the United States and and you know what what is the current capacity and and are mills now taking advantage on reallocating some of their um, uh, inventory to more higher margin customers? Well, I, I think anytime you have a tight supply, there's a tendency to, if you will, create a naughty and nice list. So if you have a customer list of, say, 40 customers, and the bottom third of that customer list is a little problematic, maybe slow paying, um, lower margin activity, uh, just it isn't a nice person to deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, when you do have a situation uh, where you have increased demand and your larger customers are requesting more, it's pretty easy. And we've actually seen this happen in both steel and in aluminum over the past three years. A re, uh, redistribution and higher minimums to come into the mill to purchase. And therefore, you've reduced the number of people that are having the metal sold to them. And as a result, you know, those that lower tier group that's been pushed out now is competing for less and less uh, of the material. So if you have a supplier or a vendor in a supply chain, regardless of whether it's auto or any other industry, that's going to affect their ability to support that larger customer of theirs. Mm -hmm. and, and also, you know, a lot of companies are being proactive and, and maybe mm -hmm. not in a good way where they're actually, you know, looking to hoard and acquire product that 
you know, they may think they need for a future time in case there's shortages. Uh, how is this impacting uh, future supply and inventory? Well, again, you know, at the retail level through our, our production metals group, we, we've seen people bulking up over the past several months. Obviously, they're trying to, you, you can no longer hedge or do futures with the mills. So therefore, they have this um, term called price and effect. So if you order a product, whether it's steel, aluminum, or stainless, and it takes six to eight weeks to get, you will get that price on the date of order, but on the day of shipment, you'll pay whatever the, the market price is on that day. So yeah. it, again, it forces people, as long as they have the cash or the revolving credit to invest, they're essentially hedging and mm -hmm. buying more of the core stuff that they need to keep their plant operational. Assuming it might be more expensive in the future. So, um, you know, one of the things uh, or the consequences of the supply demand imbalances has been the, the release of inflationary pressures. And, and, you know, we've already seen that in certain areas of the economy. I mean, this could be adding to those inflationary pressures. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think anytime that you have an, an unsettled situation, chaos, or there's the fear of the future, certainly the images that we've all seen, uh, through CNN or whatever news channel you choose to watch, it's it's never very comforting to see things blow up at that scale. This just plays on the psyche of everyone that's in the supply chain. We're coming off of an unprecedented time where we can't get what we want when we want. Therefore, when it is available, we tend to pay quite a bit more or we may often buy more than we need. Yeah, and, and also labor shortages. That's another thing that's impacting mm -hmm. mills. You know, they're, they're not having enough people or workers in order to get the kind of throughput and volume of tonnage they've gotten in the past. Right. I mean, uh, across the market since last year, so again, from an annualized basis, typically you, you have a, a sale of program material. This is longer term customers that are scheduling you know, thousands and thousands of pounds per week uh, to be pulled, but then there's usually some small portion of a mills market that is what we call spot metal that's bought as you go. What's happened is uh, most of the mills, both steel and aluminum, have reduced that availability of spot metal, pre-selling the majority of it. And again, what happens is when you're in a sold out situation uh, and you have no spot metal, it spirals up that mm -hmm. cost of that metal through the supply and demand program. Which is the situation we're in even prior to this geopolitical events Correct. that are going on right now. Well, this is a huge subject. We've kind of reached our allotted time here, Mike. I'm sure we're going to revisit this with you, uh, especially if there is this tit-for-tat escalation of sanctions. So hopefully we don't uh, reach that level. So in the interim, uh, wish you all the best and thank you very much for, um, for taking the time. As always, Mike, it's really a pleasure to talk to you, and, and I hope some of this is helpful. Okay, thank you very much.